Hello and welcome back to another episode of Altafu Susume, or Recommendations for My Otaku Spouse. I'm Wesley. And I'm Jen. So let's get started. Today we are back with another exciting episode. Jen and I watched Mamoru Hosoda's infamous, or famous, Bokurano War Game. Three. Three. Bokurano War Game 3. Yes. The third installment of the series about going on the internet and doing stuff on the internet. Yes, yes. And by that, I actually mean we watched Bell, Ryu to Sobokatsu Hime, The Dragon and the Freckled Princess. Whatever it may be called in your local tongue. Probably probably Bell. I think most people recognize it as Bell in English. Fair enough. (laughs) Clearly, clearly a sequel to Summer Wars. Which in turn was a sequel to Bokuran the War Game. Hence why it is Hence the third the installment yes. of Bokuran the War Game. Yes. I, I think only a few select people actually get this joke. That's fine. Probably Kenny. It's kind of weird, though, because like the first one was full of Digimon, and then they just dropped that whole part of the story. Yeah. There's been no Digimon in parts two or three. No. But we're getting off the subject, probably. We haven't even started the subject, actually. The subject is that every decade, Mamoru Hosoda likes to remake... One of his first works. Yes. Which pretty much involves the internet as a space that you can physically enter and have little avatars. Actually, there was the point five version as well with the collaboration with um, uh, Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Right. Yeah, super flat monogram. Yeah. But that was like an advertisement, so I don't include it as a full installment. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, he seems to really like this idea of an internet space that you explore and can be someone you're not and use that to express your true self. Well, that was the theme of this one. That was the theme of this one, yes. The theme of number one and number two was, let's stop a nuke. But there was no nuke in this one. No, which was surprising. But you know what's really surprising is that I thought the conclusion in one and two, despite having a nuke and stopping a nuke, was slightly more realistic than this one. We will get to that. We will, we will. So the basic premise of this one is that we're following a high school girl. Mm-hmm. And this was a clever little bit that I liked in that her Japanese name is Suzu, which does mean bell. Yeah. But like a jingling ringing bell, not the bell of the ball. Yes. Which I, I thought that was a clever little twist on how she gets her screen name. Yes. But you're following a high school student and she is troubled in the real world. I think traumatized is probably a more accurate word. I guess. She's facing issues in the real world, and a friend sends her a link saying, why not try out the VR internet? And so on the VR internet, she becomes a singing, dancing sensation, your brand new VTuber pop idol, Belle. Belle. And it's really hard to then say what happens next, because there's not exactly a flow. (laughs) So, I, 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 we should probably say we're going to spoil this movie. If there you have not s- seen the movie and you want to watch it, go watch it and then come back. Yes. If you don't care, carry on. Yes. I mean, it's hard to talk about it without mentioning plot points. Yes. Without just being very generic. The animation was really good. Okay, well, we should start with the good things. The animation was really good. The animation was amazing. Like, the background art was phenomenal. Phenomenal? Phenomenal. 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 Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> the 
I thought the animation of all the characters was really good, very typical of his work. I really liked, actually, anytime they're in the internet world, or you, as it's called, the animation CG, but it wasn't crap CG. Was it for every scene in the internet? Pretty much. I knew for a lot of it, but I thought some parts still looked like, like, I think every single the titular I, dragon always looks CG, but a yes. lot of scenes with her, I no, thought no, I think she even was she CG was CG. Well. Yeah. Oh, and they did really well done then. Yeah, I, what I noticed definitely was that there's only shading in the internet. Only shading. All the characters in the real world are all flat colored. There's no uh, shading on them. Oh. He's done this in other films as well, but if you look at them in the real world, characters never have any shading drawn on them. But as soon as they were on the internet, they did. Oh, that's weird, huh? Backgrounds are your typical that. modern anime, photorealistic. We went out and took a picture and then redrew it and painted her and stopped characters on it. So that's got all sorts of shading and variations and colors and that everything. That was very pretty. The it backgrounds was. are gorgeous. It was. But the characters themselves, no shading. Huh. I did not notice that. I don't think it detracts. No. It, I, like I said, I think it's very typical of his style. Yes. And it's definitely, I feel, the more... I mean, I, never, I didn't see Mirai... But it, it, the character designs and how they're animated mm. and everything are strongly reminiscent of things like Wolf Children I mean, or his. Boy and the Beast. And I, I'm saying they're both his. Yeah. But when you compare them then to Summer Wars, like Summer Wars has some of the same shading things. But Summer Wars, the character design was still very strongly Yoshiyuki Sadamoto, who did all the character designs for things like Evangelion. Right. And so you're starting to see more of his, his own, own character design that's yeah. not the Sadamoto character design. Yeah. Yeah, that's the case in Midnight as well. And mm. uh, I think one of the other good things about it was the music was fantastic. Oh, the music is fantastic, definitely. I mean, when you're making a movie about someone who becomes a pop idol or in which singing plays a strong point, you're hoping the music's going to be really good. Yes. And so they did definitely, they put the budget enough into that aspect that it came through really well. Yes. They put all the budget into the art and the music. Yes. That's all you need to make a movie, right? Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need to make a good movie is art and music. And that was the only thing that was good about this movie. <laughs> that, that That's a little unfair. So I think our main criticism, if we're going to boil it down, comes to individual scenes were absolutely fantastic, but there wasn't any glue holding these scenes together. Yes. Yeah. And because there was no glue holding these things together, the movie kind of falls apart when you start to think about it. Well, it's, a, it's, yeah, I mean, you get a bunch of great scenes, but then there's also a bunch of weird things that either just happen to lead to the next scene, mm. or you get a bunch of threads that are kind of started, but then pruned before they go anywhere, or just a lot of things. So you have things just showing up or leaving without ever impacting the story. Or without doing anything besides, hey, this is a great idea, we're going to put this in. Yeah, kind of. Maybe. So that that was really weird. So that's why I think if I enjoyed watching it, but like most of his other films, I probably won't go back and rewatch because uh, there's not really any rewatch value. I watched Summer Wars like five times. I like Summer Wars. Yes, but that was one of his earlier works. That's true. And I think that's the only one that we've actually seen multiple times. I've seen Boken on a War Game a few times as well. That was also one of his very first works. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching Wolf Children. I noticed we actually have it on our shelf. Um, but it also makes me cry. So it's kind of like Grave of the Fireflies. 
in that it makes me cry too much. But anyway, I'm getting off the subject. I think I think from now on we're going to be talking spoilers. Yes. So, yeah. So take what you will from that opening bit, and that it's a visual treat for two hours, visual and audio treat for two hours. So I guess what visual and oral treat. Anyway, <laughs> our oral, not O R A L, but A U R A L. I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce those two words differently. I have no idea. <laughs> well, one's for the mouth and one's for the ears. Yes. It's a treat. It's a treat. It's a treat. And Just don't like think a treat, about it. I, if it if it were a treat, it is a cream puff, okay. a shoe cream. It looks pretty. It tastes nice, but it's really light and fluffy, and there's actually nothing inside of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably a good way to put it. And sometimes that's what you want. Sometimes people go out and buy a shoe cream. It's why Beard Papa is so popular. I actually don't think I've ever had Beard Papa shoe creams. I've not. You are ruining this analogy. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shall we carry on? Yes. Yes, we shall. So I'm trying to think about where we should start picking this apart because I think there are a lot of things that we had issues with in terms of when we start thinking about the story too much, it well, falls apart. It does. But here's here's my big thing about it. So you can tell almost right away from the title, which is called in Japan, translation, The Dragon and the Freckled Princess. Mm-hmm. And then her name is Belle. And you it's it's heavily leaning into the fact, wink wink, nudge, nudge, this is Beauty and the Beast. Yes. The where it starts to break down is that it's not Beauty and the Beast. It's not Beauty and the Beast, but it yeah. tries really hard to, but it doesn't put any of the groundwork in to become Beauty and the Beast. Yes, it just takes scenes from very totally legally distinct from the Disney version well, of Beauty and the Beast. It also takes the like heavy themes from Beauty and the Beast, but then it just takes them to have the image and then doesn't go anywhere. Yes. So, so you have, like, the dance scene in a ballroom. You have, you have the roses. You have the roses. You have a balcony where they're, like, kneeling on the balcony together. Because and he's that, injured. Because he's injured, yeah. At the end of the Disney version, that's the conclusion. And so it's like, they have all these scenes, and you're like, wow, this is clearly taken from Disney. But there's no reason for them to be in the movie. They didn't build up. To, it's like, there's... I guess that's my biggest issue, is that... They don't put the time into building your main character, and they don't put the time into building the beast character, and they don't put the time into building a relationship between the two. Hmm. So you've got someone who you feel, who like everything in the real world is kind of pushing this one character to go on one story, which isn't Beauty and the Beast. So, but the director wants to tell Beauty and the Beast, so she's kind of shoved off into the bell roll, even though everything else is saying, no, that's not her role in this. And then you've got the Beast who shows up out of nowhere and they don't put any background into. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to have this relationship between the two because it is Beauty and the Beast, but you haven't, you don't care about the Beast. Mm-hmm. And Belle, everything about her story is trying to be like, no, that's, I mean, it's literally the line from uh, Into the Woods where the baker's wife goes, I'm in the wrong story. That's, that's where we are with this. It's like, what are we doing here? She doesn't even go here. <laughs> it's like they're trying to force a romance because it's Beauty and the Beast and you have to have a romance. But Belle's whole story, Suzu's whole story, shouldn't be about romance at all. No, it's about overcoming her lack of confidence in the real world because she's been traumatized by the death of her mother. Yeah, but they don't even really... like They don't, they don't even resolve that, no. They don't really resolve that. I mean, they do at the end, but they don't do it in a way that feels earned. Kind kind of. I, I feel like you 
get the image, you get the idea that she realizes the choice that her mother made and can agree with it, whereas she spent so long disagreeing with it. But this is all things that you as a viewer are doing for yourself. The story's not helping you come to these conclusions. Yeah. Like the story is actively fighting it for a lot of it because they're like, no, we're trying to tell a love story. And you're like, but the, the but love story doesn't make sense. All the foundations you've done haven't been for the love story. Yeah. I think one of the so one of the big issues when like you said when this starts to fall apart is when the beast is first introduced. Bella's putting on a concert in the internet, you, and the beast comes in and he's being chased by these by these guys who are like By Gaston. Uh, by Gaston. I mean Justin. Just Justin. <laughs> Justine as opposed to Gaston, yeah. <laughs> and um and they're like, well, he's clearly a bad guy because he wins all these fights and he fights dirty and he's ugly. And the whole concept of you is that the avatar is created from your your real self. And because he's an ugly beast, that means he's a bad guy. We need to sponge him from the internet. But like a lot of the avatars you see are pretty ugly. <laughs> I mean, like there's some that are just like blobs with eyes on them. And you don't get a choice of your avatar. You like you upload a picture and the system goes, this is going to be your avatar. Do you like it? You can either say okay and join or you can click cancel and never join you again. And so, I mean, imagine logging in, you give them a picture and it's like, this is who you really are. Just, you're just a blob with eyes. Yeah. It's like, that's pretty dick move. But anyway. But yes. Continue. So so there's, there's inherent racism because his inner self is a ugly beast, so clearly he's a bad character. So he run- he flies in, and they're chasing him, and Belle's like, oh, Who's that? Oh my goodness! Who are you? Who are you? Even though her and her friend had a conversation before this scene about how everyone's like, Who is Belle? We want to find out who the real Belle is. And they try to dox her, and, and she's like, Oh shit, people are trying to dox me, what do I do? And her friend's like, Haha, don't worry, I'll never guess that Belle's a country bumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the next scene, she's like, oh, Who is this stranger? Let's dox him. You get like this 20 minute <laughs> just seg- segue in the middle where they're like, We're going to do everything we can, including like setting up false interviews for fake magazines to try to figure out who this character is when he's done. Nothing. Nothing. It's, Nothing. It's, he, he flew in and he got beat up by a bunch of guys and flew off again. Yeah, that's all that... And, and Belle is weirdly obsessed with him. For no reason. reason. For no reason. <laughs> like, I was saying um, to to you before that if if maybe the fight had resulted in some of maybe something coming down and was about to hit Belle and then he saves her and then she realizes he's not a bad guy, that would actually start to establish a connection between the two. But you'd also then have to establish that, you know, the very stereotypical what happens online happens in real life. Because well, there's a lot of, there is a lot of weird bits where they're kind of like, they never really explain the explore rules that. I mean, they internet. do say that your online avatar is affected by your real self. Because when she falls down and bonks her head, her avatar then has a glowing red dot on her forehead. Yes. Kind of. But so there's a bunch of weird stuff like that. But there's, I don't know, they threaten her online. And I'm sitting there watching the show going, who gives a shit? Just log out. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, you haven't established any sort of online threat. Yes. Because you can just log out. Yeah. This isn't Sword Art Online. No. Or The Matrix. No. But I agree that if you did establish that threat and then had him in some way save her at personal expense, it helps to build yeah. some sort of relationship that's not just... Wow, this mysterious guy who does a bunch of fights has 
I, it, ju- it just is there. Just is there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and now I'm suddenly obsessed with him. I mean, yeah, and, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And then she follows, and then they actually end up doing that where she follows him. He, she like finds him in his private space on the internet that no one can get into. And because it's protected by a bunch of AI. Yeah. And then when she leaves, the bag, the quote unquote bad guys, the, as you were calling them, the moderators. They're mods. They're 100% mods. They're mods working a power trip because if he's doing anything wrong, the system would be able to be like, oh, you're cheating in these fights. Mm-hmm. Cut it out or we're going to cancel your account. But they haven't. So clearly he's not cheating in the fights. And one mod on a power trip is like, I'm going to take care of this. It's like, take care of what, buddy? He's not doing, <laughs> he's anything. Not doing anything. <laughs> so they hunt her down, and then sh- and then the beast goes in and saves her. So they have the thing where the beast saves her from danger. But she's already obsessed by that. But point. she's already obsessed. Yeah. So it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's like no groundwork for the romance. No, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and people are going to be like, "Well, why'd Belle fall for the beast in the first one?" And it's like because if you look at the Disney Beauty and the Beast, you know, people like to make the joke about how it's Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. But there's actually a bunch of time in there. You know, it, it shows up. You go through a couple different seasons, I think, throughout that movie. So there's a lot of time in there. And you, I'm not saying it's healthy or good or anything, but it's a lot more than just... How? I, saw, I saw a random guy online. I mean... I, yeah, I saw a rando online and became obsessed with him. It's literally a story of a stan. She becomes a stan for a, ran- for a guy. <laughs> for a rando. For a rando. I mean... <laughs> How long have you known him? A day. They they actually make that joke. But I mean, it's like, so I, I don't even know how to put it into context. You just like go onto Twitter, find some random post that got a lot of traffic once and go, wow, this Twitter account's amazing. Time to start digging into all their socials to see if I can figure out exactly who they are. And that's creepy as fuck. Especially when you're trying to be anonymous yourself, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, she, Belle, Suzu herself doesn't really try to dox him. Her friend tries to dox him. On her behalf. And then she just, you know, happens to go along with it because she doesn't have any willpower herself. Yeah, but- Because her friend bullies her into doing everything. Well, she's also the one who's goes off to find his castle. Her friend had nothing to do with that. Yeah. (laughs) No. Because- yeah, the whole thing of barging in and be like, who are you? Who are you? It's like, surely you've experienced that yourself with people asking you, hey, Belle, who are you really in the real world? Yeah. Like, oh, does that mean that they should, and they call it unveil, basically reveal your identity to the entirety of the internet? It's doxing. It's doxing. It's doxing in gun form. Yeah. Because he has a laser gun. The dox gun. <laughs> Speaking of which, so when they're in Bell's concert and he's firing off random unveiling blasts, did random people watching the show just oh, get, yeah, get doxed? Zapped. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because they were all around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't really establish that either. Man, mod power trips doxing the wrong people. I guess it really is Reddit. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't care. What's Reddit going to do? Talk about you angrily behind your back? Shit. No, but it, so, so okay, the so- romance, I feel, doesn't work. And then you, I almost feel like you could tie the romance back into the main story they're trying to tell. But in the third act, they just go completely mm, yeah. off the rails. Well, one of the problems is Suzu. So Belle, Belle and Beast 
romance in the internet world. Kind of. Kind of. Question mark. She stalks him, demands he answers a few questions, and then sings, sings him, him a song. song. <laughs> it's so romantic. Um, and then in the real world, Suzu has a crush on this guy at school called Shinobu, who's kind of been there ever since she was young, since her mum died. Childhood friend. Childhood friend, who never wins. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, he's also like the most popular guy in school. Naturally. And she's like the least popular girl in school. Well, yeah. Country pumpkin. So she is the beast and he's the beauty. I guess. And then they don't really do anything with that either. Well, that's the weird thing. So like the the off-world setup that they do at the beginning, ignoring the whole dead mom and the trauma, is that you've got her, most unpopular. Oh, just a nope. Not even unpopular in school. Just just a a nobody. nobody. She's a nobody at school. And then you've got leader of the school band. Who is incredibly beautiful and everyone wants to be her friend and she's... She's the leader of the band. Yes. And she's amazing. Mm-hmm. You've got her childhood friend who is cool and popular and can play basketball. And mm-hmm. when he plays basketball in the school courtyard, everyone watches him. And all the girls go sploosh. And then you've got the other guy who's weird and he's part of canoe club, but nobody else wanted to be in the canoe club. So he had to make it himself. But he's actually really good at canoe and going off to the inner eye. Mm-hmm. But he's also really weird. Mm-hmm. So, like, they set up, you know, your very stereotypical four main anime characters. Yeah. And, like, at the beginning, you and I were both going, ah, we can see where this is going. You know, with the Susan's going to end up with the quadrangle. Yeah. Well, Johnny, it just, it does, like, however they're going to wind up, we're going to have a love quadrangle between the four of them. There's going to be drama because online personalities that no one knows, and it'll get resolved in some way. And then they kind of start to lead into that. With the whole Beast storyline, and including some things that are happening offline while the Beast storyline is going on, but then they just start throwing in this entire, all this weird random stuff that that comes out of nowhere and doesn't really fit the story and has no payoff. Yeah. So, obviously, I expected the Beast to be Shinobu. Like, oh, maybe he actually, you know, he looks out for Suzu in real life, but on the actually behind the scenes, he has a lot of trouble. He has a lot of trauma. And online, her as Belle and him as Beast can help each other. Like, she can help him, whereas in the real world, he helps her. Yeah. And then they find out it's each other, and then there's this big romance and stuff. Yes. Which I guess the director also thought that people would assume, and so he was like, ha ha ha, the Beast isn't Shinobu at all, it's this other random character who you've never met before. It's, I mean, to go back to all the shit I've been saying recently... He subverted our expectations. Yeah, but he subverted them in a really weird way that they're broke all, the story. All, every time your expectations get subverted, it's always shit. <laughs> always shit. Yes. Like, you can put a twist in, and that's not subverting expectations. That's a twist, and twists are great. There is a twist in this movie that's great, and it leads to the best scene in the movie. Mm, yes. Like, I, like that one I'm not going to give spoilers for, because you should go watch it and just realize that you'll know it when you see it. There's a twist that comes midway through that leads to the best scene in the movie. But that's not subverting it. That's like. And that doesn't involve the main character. Of course it doesn't, because it's a good scene. <laughs> Ouch. And it, but it actually is going to sound really stupid because I'm not getting enough details here, but they actually like do a lot of groundwork to bleed up to the twist. And so that when it happens and you get the payoff, it's brilliant. And it's. They should have just made the movie about that. They should have, because it's so good. Especially because then they kind of lead up to what we were expecting with Shinobu being the beast right after that in a way that works out really well. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, no, then random shit happens. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, where, are we, where, where are we going with this story? Especially because Shinobu is like, he, he guesses towards the end, oh, 
bell. I mean, uh, Suzu, your bell, and she freaks out. But it never explains how he found that out, or why it matters, or why it matters. Yeah, like at all, because clearly her online. So that was another thing they never explored, which they could have very easily explored, is the the impact of online fame and how like being doxxed or exposed can implement like influence your life and that's nothing that they they didn't even touch on that so i don't know why she was panicking because even after everyone finds out who she is it doesn't matter well yeah because the story like the story doesn't go anywhere after that no the movie the movie has one final kind of event that also is really really weird when you consider everything else that led up to it yeah and then the movie just ends and everything's resolved. You get the final, everyone's happy and everything's resolved. And then the movie ends and you're like, wait, but why? But didn't, yeah. Why? I mean, okay. So I, like, like I said, if if you still want to see the movie. Yeah, we've given we spoilers, spoiled, but we're going to give you big spoilers big for the spoilers ending now. now. <laughs> In that the beast is not Shinobu. He's this kid who's being. Mentally abused, abused by his by father. his dad. Yes. And he's protecting his younger brother who clearly has um, some kind of. Issue. Issues. Yes. Like. Possibly autistic or something else. Yes. And But the thing is, okay, so one, in Japan, you cannot show an adult beating a child on anime. Which is probably why it's mental abuse as opposed to... Physical abuse. Yeah. Yes. So, like, whenever... I think we mentioned it before when we watched... Oh, crap, I can't remember what anime it was, but there's one where, like, an older brother smacks his younger brother, but you don't see the smack, you hear the smack, the camera Oh, that was away. in... Um... Gakuen babysitters. Gakuen babysitters. Yes. So that's a perfectly legitimate form of punishing your child. In Japan. In Japan. But you can't show it on television. And because of that, the fact that the, the father just goes, You're worthless. You're, You're worthless. horrible. You're a terrible son. Yeah. I'm the one that rules this house. And characters are traumatized. Like, they're shocked by this. But it's like, you can't do anything about that. You can't report it to the police. And like the boy who's being abused. I don't even remember his name. Kai? I don't know. K? Beast. Beast. Like Beast says when Suzu... I guess he's actually Dragon. I keep calling him Beast because it's so clearly Beauty and the Beast, but... Well, everyone calls him Beast in the... I don't know. But um, so she she calls him because she can. Um, and he's like, what are you going to do to stop my dad from abusing me? People keep saying they'll help all the time. And then they go talk to him. And they're like, see, we've talked to him. He'll be better now. And he never is. Yeah. And... It, and you're a, you're a high school girl who lives in bumfuck nowhere, Shikoku, and I live out in the suburbs of Tokyo. What, what are you going to do? Honestly, what are you going to do? Yeah. And so she ends up going to Tokyo, even though she has adults around her. Yeah. yeah and that, they, that, the adults leave her, and she's like, oh, no, I need to get there as fast as possible. So I'm going to go on a local train, and then I'm going to take the night bus. I mean, and I don't want to... I, <laughs> I did say bumfuck nowhere, Shikoku, which sounds really mean, but that does kind of describe the whole island. That being said... <laughs> She's in literally bumfuck nowhere, Shikoku, and they drop her on a local train. So it probably so takes they, her at least 24 hours to get to Tokyo. I mean, it's what, late afternoon, late afternoon, early evening when she gets on the train and she doesn't get to Tokyo until probably the, the afternoon. afternoon. Well. Yeah. Or at least that part of Tokyo. It's not like you get a choice where the night bus drops you off. And then she's running around in the rain trying to find their house 
She doesn't know where it is. And then she finds them. Just wandering in the neighborhood. And then she, like, hugs them. And the dad comes out and he's like, who are you stopping me from abusing my kids? And she just stands up and looks at him. And the dad goes, oh, no. He he falls to the (laughs) ground. And it's like, you didn't do anything. The dad didn't learn anything. You didn't do anything. And then she goes back to Shikoku. And apparently that's supposed to have fixed everything. It's there, there's no way the, the ending it, makes no sense. It makes no sense, and the kid, the kid who's who's the beast is like, oh, I love you, and she says thanks, and then goes back to Shikoku to her now boyfriend Shinobu. <laughs> I guess I didn't really clarify that either. He's no. like, oh, well, now I don't have to look out for you anymore. We can just hang out. We can and be friends, and she's like, yeah, friends. She doesn't even say anything. She's just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm gonna sing a song again now. Yay! It's. Like, so it's like there's there's the romance between the bell and the beast. So the beast falls for her, and then she's like, "Cool, I don't care about you. I have a guy that I li- I but, like back like, at home." But the whole the whole thing is she has this like like. Are you okay there? I, it's so weird. It's so weird, and it's just like a bunch of weird circumstantial things that just happen to make the ending work. But it doesn't work. But it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, the whole way that they find the kid to call him in the first place is because the younger brother is humming the song that she sang to the Beast on a live stream. No, on it was... It was a live stream. It was stream. private. It was, it, yeah, it said broadcasting live. Oh, I was remember oh it's how the, the, kids, other, the kid sang it, sang yeah, it live. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's... I don't know. It's it's It doesn't... Yeah. The reasoning for th- events doesn't make sense. Like, if you just... Got rid of that whole subplot, and you focused on the fact that she's traumatized and can't explore her love for music in the real world because of her mother dying as a child, sacrificing herself to save another child, which as a child she didn't understand. All she knows is that her mother died died in front of her. And then you can focus on that aspect and overcoming that kind of trauma in the real world while at the same time you've got shinobu who's helping her in the real world and just make him into the dragon because it's it's the stereotype and it's so obvious but sometimes that's okay mm-hmm. i mean if you want to do something that's up in the air you can make hints that it could either be uh kamishin it could be the weird canoe guy or shinobu you know drop some hints mm-hmm. that it, oh it could be either one who knows but then it's obviously going to be shinobu in the end um and you know, he's so strong and uh, stalwart in the real world, but it turns out, oh, like the beast, he's got uh, some secret hidden depths and troubles himself that she can help him through online. And in doing so, her inner, her anonymity and all that online helps her overcome her trauma in the real world. And she also helps him overcome his, mm-hmm. like, it just, there's, that, there's that, a story to be told have, there. Yeah, that would have worked decided, really well. And they just decided, nah, fuck it, we've got some weird kid up in Tokyo who's being mentally abused by his father, and we're not going to actually solve that problem. Yeah. It was, like, that's the big flaw in the story. Yes. 100%. Ignoring all the bits where, like, we were saying, they just kind of toss in little things that don't go anywhere. It's weird. It is weird. But. But. Saying that. We did really enjoy watching it. Like, individual scenes were really, 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 really fantastic. And I think that's what probably what he got, the director got too caught up in was the individual scenes. And I want this to happen because it's cool. And therefore, kind of make it happen because reasons. 
Yeah, but that said, also, one of the issues I have with this director is it feels like sometimes he's just writing fan fiction for his own works. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> ignoring the fact that if you constantly get the same online world, like, ignoring that, but it's just, you know, oh, we've got a kid who's can't express themselves in the real world, so they become a fighting superstar in the internet. Mm. Yeah, that's just the kid from Summer Wars. Yeah. Who feels weak and... In, Impowerful in the real world, despite the fact that he's learning martial some arts. sort of martial arts from his father or uncle or whatever it was, uncle. and so he be- he becomes super strong in uh, the online world. Great, we are- we've already had that story, mm-hmm. and then or because of darkness relating to parent issues, you know, it becomes all this. Great, that's the boar kid who the adopted boar kid from Boy and the Beast, or oh, even uh, wolf children, or wolf children. Yeah, you know, like you- traumatized by a parent passing away and coming to terms with that as. As you grow into adulthood. Yeah. But I, again, Wolf Children. Wolf Children focused on that story from yes. the beginning, and it did a lot better job than just chucking it into the third act of Summer Wars. Mm-hmm. And so even the original bits in this one didn't feel original because he's already done them in his other movies. Or he copied it off Disney. Or he copied it off Disney. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even want to be that. Like, Just from the opening scene, uh, I made the crack. As soon as the opening scene starts with Belle doing a concert online. And she, again, stealing things from his own movie, she shows up on the back of a giant internet whale. And I'm like, oh, hey, look, it's Summer Wars again. Or the fact that it's a giant whale. Oh, hey, look, it's Boy and the Beast again. But I'm watching this and she's having this weird over elaborate concert on a whale that's festooned with speakers. And, and my crack was, oh, calm down, Cheryl. Because it's, it's, <laughs> it's the Cheryl. Cheryl Gnome concert from Across Frontier. And... I know the whale made no sense in Summer Wars, and it did make sense in Boy and the Beast. I felt because there was the on-running theme with Moby Dick, but in this again, I don't. It's just I don't know. He likes like, he likes whales. Well, and you made the crack about how nothing online can survive without whales. <laughs> That's true. Nothing online can survive without whales. <laughs> she needs the whales, Wes. She can't make money without whales. Every pop star needs whales. Exactly. That's how AKB, well, actually, I guess I can't really even say AKB survives because AKB are dead in Japan. They, yeah, yeah, they've been replaced by the 46 series. Yeah. So that that's how idol groups survive in Japan is with whales. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I feel like there's a good movie there. It just got lost following off on random tangents. Yeah. Which is a shame because as we said, visually and musically, it's a treat. It's fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Really enjoyed it. Story-wise. Hmm. 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 They they also keep like dropping hints that you, that the people who you had met in the real world are going to wind up to be someone online. And then they're just not. Oh yeah. They never use that either. What are we, what are we doing here? Like they, they introduce this whole character uh, whose entire purpose is, did you know that people online can become famous? And everyone in the modern day is sitting there going, yeah, no shit. We've got YouTube, buddy. <laughs> it, it's, and then they, they give her this whole revelation herself at the end, but it, it doesn't matter because we don't know this character. We don't care about this character. No. I think they could have dropped. So, so, okay. I know you really like the old ladies. So Bell's, Bell's mum's old friends, a group of old lady choir were hilarious. They had a great scene. They had one of your favorite lines. But they were completely pointless. They were completely pointless. If you were telling the story of her 
and the beast online helping each other overcome trauma in the real world or expressing trauma in the real world because it's kind of the opposite thing, then I think they would have had a great purpose in the movie. Mm-hmm. Seeing as that has nothing to do with the final act, they could be completely cut. Yeah. They could have also completely cut the thing where they were trying to dox the beast and interviewing a bunch of random people and, yep. and looking up around a bunch of random celebrities artist baseball star and random woman they found on facebook instagram instagram her thing thing was she put fake pictures on instagram yes i i I guess the point of that was oh everybody has secrets online but it took like 10 or 15 minutes to do so they could have completely cut that it's also stupid because we know that the whole purpose of your two main characters is that they live secret lives online (laughs) Yeah. We don't need to be told that other people have secrets online because your main character, her entire online persona is a secret and the person she's trying to figure out is also a secret online. You're wasting runtime at that point. Yeah. But we also did go and get the soundtrack to listen to because it was so good. Yeah, because the music's right. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I guess... If you haven't seen it and we've completely turned you off watching it, then um, go download the soundtrack and look at the pretty pictures. But don't bother watching the film. Go download the soundtrack and watch Summer Wars. (laughs) Just listen to the soundtrack of Belle while watching Summer Wars. Okay, no, no, sorry. If you want the experience of Belle, watch Summer Wars, listen to the soundtrack at the same time, and then when you're an hour and 20 minutes in, close your eyes Scroll through Netflix, start a random movie, watch it for 20 minutes, and then turn it off. (laughs) That is the experience of Belle. Yes. Okay. Well, the third act doesn't have anything to do with the first two acts. I know. I know. It's it's frustrating, and I don't think we're the only ones that thought it. But I did enjoy watching it in the moment. I did too, yes. It was a cream puff. It was a cream puff. Well... That's, is- <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's that episode of, of Recommendations for My Taco Spouse. <laughs> I was Jen. I oh. was Wesley. And you can find us online on Twitter at Annie Bros Creative or at our website. AnnieBrosCreative.com. And yeah, if you watched it, um, I should be intrigued to find out what other people thought. Definitely. Yeah. I, do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? tweet at us or leave us comments on the website do you have any recommendations for any other movies by the way we've watched all of his movies so don't recommend those don't recommend those yeah (laughs) well i hope to see you next time (laughs) Bye. bye